if you have ADHD or you don't have ADHD, to me, it doesn't matter because people get wrapped up in the diagnosis. And the diagnosis really doesn't mean anything unless you're going to go on medication. But if you're not going to go on medication, it's the same set of symptoms. So if you have trouble focusing, trouble concentrating, you procrastinate, it's treated the same way. The same strategies are going to work whether you have ADHD or not. I'm Lindsay. I'm here to teach you proven strategies to be your own therapist that will take you from anxious to relieved. I'm here to help you feel lighter and hopeful while building a life full of meaning. I'm a licensed anxiety therapist running a successful private practice in New York City. So from someone that gives therapy and has been in therapy, I'm here to help you use the formula that moved me forward through serious anxiety in my own life. So follow along as I share what works and what doesn't. This is Unlock Your Therapy. Hello, and welcome to session number 20 of the Unlock Your Therapy podcast. I'm Lindsay, sitting at home in my office, enjoying this chilly fall day. I just dropped off my car at the mechanic and I walked home, which was a nice like forced exercise. And I had to do that yesterday as well, but they couldn't get to work on my car. So I had to bring it back again. So I've been getting a lot of extra exercise by dropping off my car and walking home, which is nice because I may not gotten to my walk if I didn't have to drop it off. And I just love seeing all the goings on in the neighborhood during the day when I get outside. So I saw like a class from the elementary school walking down the streets of the park. I see the mailman. I see the garbage man I talk to. It's just a nice neighborhood feeling where I live. And when I get to be out and about in the mornings a little bit or go on a walk or something, it's nice to see what happens when everyone's at work, just the little things throughout the day and connecting with the people in my neighborhood. It's been nice. So today's episode is all about focus and productivity and ADHD and procrastination and anxiety with avoiding tasks and getting things done and feeling accomplished. So usually I'm all about productivity does not equal your self-worth, which I stand by, but this episode is going to focus more on attention span and breaking down tasks into tiny manageable, I don't want to say goals, but tiny manageable tasks and anxiety around procrastination, which is a big problem for most people that struggle with anxiety. I find that people with anxiety have both the tendency to clean and get things done and rearrange things anxiously as well as procrastinate on tasks. So I find it's always both. (laughs) It's a mixture. Some people have more one or the other, but a lot of people suffer from both things. Procrastination in some areas and anxiously cleaning or getting things done in other areas. And it usually ebbs and flows. So today is all about attention span and procrastination. So we'll have highs and lows where I talk about high from my week, something I'm grateful for, and a low, which is always my kids being sick, just a spoiler alert. (laughs) 
And then I'm going to get into anxiety where I talk about some hot gossip in the media or research in the mental health field, a book review, kind of whatever I feel like touching on that week. And today it's about TikTok therapy and TikTok therapists and ADHD. So I'm going to get into that. And that's going to segue into skill of the week, which is where I'm going to be talking all about tips and tricks for attention span, hacking the chemicals in our brain, hacking our neurotransmitters to get things done and work in our favor, and to bust through procrastination in a scientific way. So really, what helps the brain release feel-good chemicals that will encourage you to get your little tasks done? I always need these tricks and tips. So I'm happy to talk about them today. And that goes, of course, right into action item of the week, which is using those tips and tricks. So I will recap them for you. Okay, hi. I'll start with my hi because I'm in a good mood right now. My high is I'm going to Vermont later tonight. Parenting hack is to go on a road trip when your children are sleeping. <laughs> we, when we drove to Maine, Carson wanted to use the bathroom every like 30 minutes because he's not comfortable going to the bathroom if he's not at home. So he kept having to feel like he had to go to the bathroom, but refused to actually go to the bathroom every time we stopped. So it was a long ride to Maine. And the baby, the baby is fine. He usually sleeps in the car, but he does have to eat and he will wake up to have food or get changed. And he's on a lot of medication. So he also needs more diaper changes and gets messy and often needs a bath when that happens. So we're leaving at night because we're hoping both kids will be sleeping and then they don't need us to stop every five seconds and they can just sleep through most of the car ride would be amazing. So we're going to leave as late as possible. Usually I don't like leaving at night. I like leaving like early in the morning and going on our trip, but Dan's not a morning person and our kids do much better at night. So I'm trying the reverse to what I usually like. We're trying this strategy. And plus I know Dan will drive because he's a night person and I can relax and sleep or do whatever. And I think we're going to get there much quicker <laughs> than what we usually do. So we're going up to Vermont. We're staying in like the northern half of Vermont, which we usually never go that far. We usually go not too far into the southern part of Vermont. But this time we're checking out some houses and some land that's up in the northern half <laughs> of the state. It's still like mid-state, but it's a little bit further north of the midline of the state, we'll say. So I'm excited to see that part of Vermont because I've never really been up that far north. So we're staying on a farm at an Airbnb there and there's like horses that wander around the property and I think they have chickens and they have a river on the property and a lot of trails that you can walk around that are like miles long apparently. So I'm really excited for our stay there. So that's my high. We're checking out things to get property to use for Airbnb and hopefully as well as for us to go up there and stay because we love Vermont and we want somewhere to escape the uh, hustle and bustle of the city. So I am thrilled. 
That's definitely my high. I'm going to be packing up for that after this episode. And my low is Everett, of course, with his ear infections. It's been like a month and a half that he's had the same double ear infection. So he had two injections this week in the office of antibiotic treatments. I'm not sure where he's at now. The last one was yesterday. He was very cranky. I think he's also definitely teething. He's getting his front top teeth in. So he's just a mess, the poor thing. We're seeing an ENT. So I'm pretty sure he's going to need tubes in his ears, which I'm not happy about. But I just want his ears to get better and for him to feel better. So we shall see how he does. But besides Everett's ears, everything else is going good. Carson is well, not sick. And besides the ears, Everett's not sick. So that's like a big success in this house. (laughs) Okay, now let's get into anxiety. So I've been hearing a lot about people diagnosing themselves with ADHD And it's been coming a lot from these TikTok videos that therapists do and Instagram therapists. I am an Instagram therapist, so don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying anything negative about therapists on TikTok or making these videos. They're great. They're very helpful. I just am concerned that so many people are really caught up in that they think they now have ADHD because of watching these videos and really resonating with what they're talking about. And maybe that is true that that person who thinks they have ADHD, maybe they do have ADHD and maybe it makes sense for them. Like, oh, okay, this explains a lot of things like why I couldn't focus in school or why I had trouble concentrating. But if you know me, you know, I think there's an overemphasis on diagnosis. And unless you're really looking at seeing a psychiatrist or a neurologist for medication for ADHD, I always say that it doesn't matter the diagnosis. If you have ADHD or you don't have ADHD, to me, it doesn't matter because people get wrapped up in the diagnosis. And the diagnosis really doesn't mean anything unless you're going to go on medication. If you're going to go on medication, it's helpful to know and you can get testing done to see your learning deficits or different styles of learning you might have, and that can be helpful to inform what type of medication you might need. And that's definitely the realm of a doctor, not me. But if you're not going to go on medication and you just want information, it's the same set of symptoms. So if you have trouble focusing, trouble concentrating, you procrastinate, it's treated the same way. The same strategies are going to work whether you have ADHD or not. So if you have the diagnosis or not, the how you manage the symptoms and set yourself up for success are the exact same. And they're also the same for people who don't have ADHD because our society has really decimated our attention span. When you read a news article, it says two-minute read, three-minute read, right? I think that's horrifying, but... It's true because we don't have the attention span to pay attention to anything for longer than 60 seconds, if that long, especially on our phones, on the computer, on social media, reading news articles. 
because things are just vying for attention, notifications, this and that. And it really has been shown that it's chipping away, eating away at our attention span. We don't have the same concentration, focus, attention span because of all of the technology. But that's not an ADHD thing. That's a human thing based on what's going on with our society right now and where we're at with technology. That's not, oh, I have ADHD. No, you probably just have a phone. (laughs) And that's creating a lot of focus problems and a lot of procrastination. And I do it too. I sit on my phone on Instagram and I'll be like, oh, wow, an hour went by. Wow, I could have done something else in that hour. And we need downtime too. So there's nothing wrong with that. I definitely need time to sit and look at Instagram and watch stories. It's kind of like reality TV. I follow a few like Instagram influencers and I enjoy watching their daily lives every day. (laughs) But it does create a problem for people with paying attention. I created something brand new, the No More People Pleasing mini course. I help women to stop people pleasing and put themselves first without the guilt. What would life look like if you could stop asking your partner to order food for you in a restaurant or ask your boss for that raise you're long overdue for? I'm going to teach you four proven strategies, research proven strategies that's going to bring you from people pleasing and passive to empowered and confident. You're going to use my outline, my scripts, my beautifully designed PDFs to get the exact skills you need to become more assertive in your life. I'm going to teach you four skills through my videos and worksheets that's going to bring you to a place of confidence and being assertive in your life. You're going to get my beautifully designed self-esteem daily journal to print out, my practice assignments to start changing your mindset and your behaviors. If you sign up now before I launch, you can get it for $29. That's the lowest it will ever be. And I'm giving everyone who signs up now a bonus gift. So go to at Unlock Your Therapy on Instagram, click the link in my bio to get on the list. So segueing into skill of the week, I put together a list of skills and techniques that will help you if you're feeling those effects of not being able to focus, not being able to concentrate feeling like you're not getting tasks done that you need to get done, and then you're anxious about not getting the tasks done, right? I saw a meme that said it was stress-laxing, which was relaxing, but being stressed while you're relaxing because you're not doing the things that are making you stressed and you're choosing to relax instead, but you're not really relaxed. So it's a real thing. (laughs) So here's some tips and tricks and strategies, and then I'm going to get into the brain chemistry and why these strategies work and why they're helpful and how you can theoretically hack your brain chemistry to support you in getting tasks done. And low to medium pressure is the best place to be at for accomplishing tasks. So a lot of times people who procrastinate, they're very stressed about whatever tasks. It's mentally hard to wrap their head around. It's going to take a lot of energy, a lot of focus, and it's too difficult. So what we do is we avoid them because anxiety makes us avoid. So we avoid the task. We don't know where to get started. It's just too much. We avoid it. And then we're more anxious and stressed that we're avoiding it, right? And then when that happens, we rely on adrenaline because we wait to the very last minute for something Like if something's due, something for work or something, whatever, we have to get it done. 
We wait to the last minute and that last minute waiting creates a surge of adrenaline in the body. Now, this is a real thing happening in the brain. The amygdala releases a surge of adrenaline because we're feeling pressure of the time crunch. Like there's no way I can't get this done. It has to be done for work by whatever time or I have to pick up so-and-so at this time and now I left myself only 30 minutes to get all the tasks done that I need to get done. What happens when we realize that the amygdala dumps adrenaline into the system and it spikes your energy levels of your heart racing, your muscles start to get blood flow to them very quickly. So it gives you a surge of energy and maybe you clean your house. That's why people get their house clean and like 20 minutes before guests come over and they say, I get my house cleaner in 20 minutes of a guest coming over than I have in the last like two weeks, right? Because it's a surge of adrenaline. It's really adrenaline in the body that's causing that to happen. And that's a high pressure situation. So people who procrastinate rely on adrenaline to to get it done. But that's not the best way to work. And research has actually shown that people who rely on adrenaline misperceive how productive or what the quality of their work is. They think like, wow, I got it all done. I'm awesome. I'm like, everything's so clean. Or, oh, I got that report in at work. And they think they're more productive than they were, right? But really the quality isn't as good because you have a short period of time when you're under high pressure and the adrenaline is making it not a high quality product of whatever it is you waited to the last minute to do. (laughs) So we want to rely on other brain chemicals, which we're going to get into. But first, let's start off with some tips and tricks. Okay, so number one, one of my clients showed me this this week, actually, a timer And I think time blocking is helpful. I forget the method, the Pomodoro method or something. I'm probably saying it wrong. But it's basically doing things in 20-minute increments. So you set a timer for 20 minutes, and then you get as much as you can done on a task. And you just work on one task. So you're not like context switching, like code switching, which is checking email and then bouncing to writing something, writing a report, and then bouncing to doing payroll. And then you bounce back to scheduling things on your calendar and then you're on Slack messaging somebody and you're half taking a training and you're half doing some notes. All of that is code switching or context switching. So it takes a lot more brain power and calories for your brain to do all of that. So you want to try to time block of just one task for 20 minutes and try really hard not to like go to another tab. I'm just thinking of computer work, but go to another task while you're doing that. So just focus on one. So for 20 minutes, I'm going to write notes for work. Or for 20 minutes, I'm going to write my email campaign that I'm going to send out this month. And I'm just going to focus on getting that done. 20 minutes, I'm going to focus on putting all my slides together for a course I'm creating. So you're trying just to block out your time and and focus yourself for 20 minutes. And they have these cute timers that are self-winding and it has like a color on the face of the clock. So you can move it to 20 minutes and that part of the clock is like a bright blue or bright pink. And so it's visual. It's a visual representation as well as the sound will obviously go off when the timer is up and you could put it right in front of you on your desk or you could turn it away if it stresses you out to see you only have 10 minutes left. Some people are like that. So a timer is very helpful and you can use this for like also just getting things organized in your house or cleaning people that do have ADHD or struggle with those same set of symptoms, diagnosis or not, have trouble with household tasks and organizing and cleaning and all of that. 
So you can use the same method and all these same things for just life skills, getting yourself organized, doing your laundry for 20 minutes and just focusing on laundry. What happens to me, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, I will be cleaning my bedroom and I'll take a cup of water from my nightstand downstairs to the kitchen. Then I'll start doing dishes and then I see something, oh, this goes in the bathroom. I'll bring it into the bathroom. Oh, the bathroom's so dirty. I got to clean the bathroom. I start cleaning the bathroom. All right, let me take the trash from the bathroom downstairs and I'll take out the other garbage and put it outside. I put it outside. I see that the leaves need to be raked. I rake, you know, I'm exaggerating, but you get the idea, right? (laughs) Of just going all over the place and not being able to focus. So really trying to apply this consciously for household tasks as well. So for 20 minutes, I try to focus on just laundry. And if I see other things, I try to put like horse blinders on. I visualize literal horse blinders and just say laundry, laundry, just do the laundry, put away the laundry, fold the laundry, or put away all Carson's clothes and just focus on Carson's room for 20 minutes. I have to do that so I don't go all over the house. And then after 20 minutes, I'm like, I got nothing done. Nothing looks better. (laughs) So this can apply to anything you have trouble with. Cleaning out your car, right? Anything. Going through the mail, throwing away junk mail, going through paperwork. Just pick one thing. Okay, so the timer, 20-minute time blocking, the Pomodoro method for focused work. Okay, the next skill I'm going to talk about is called touching the task. So this helps with procrastination. If there's something you don't want to do, for example, if I have a pile of mail here and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go through the mail, it's so annoying, try to touch the task. So if that were to be the case, I don't want to go through the mail, I'll pick up the pile of mail, literally touching it, and I'll just glance through. What's junk mail in here? What's easy garbage? What can I throw away? I pull all that out, toss it. Then there's always like the questionable ones, right? Oh, is this junk mail or not? Probably, but I still have to open it and look at it because they'd send it in tricky envelopes and try to get you to open it, right? So maybe I'll, maybe the another touching the task is I'm not gonna go through and like go on my computer and pay little bills I have coming in or all those little nuanced things, but I will open every single envelope on my desk and throw away all the envelopes, throw away all the junk mail, sort through the maybe junk mail, and then leave myself with the pile of just things that need my attention. So maybe three of those items need me to log onto the computer, pay little co-pays for the doctor's office or whatever comes in the mail. I leave those by my laptop. And then when I have the energy or motivation, I'll go and I'll address all of those little things that need to be handled. So touching the task can be very helpful. Like if there's something I need to write or send someone, I'll open up the email and I'll just start typing a rough thing just so I'm touching the task. And then it breaks through the wall of like, oh, I'm avoiding that task. Oh, I don't want to do that. It's going to take me so long. I don't want to, whatever. I don't want to log into my business bank account and organize all the expenses for this month. That's so annoying and I hate doing it. But if I touch the task, all right, let me just open it and quickly like code things that are income. That's really easy for me to see what's income and I can just flag those as income. Okay, let me go in again and just flag a few things as some expenses. That's pretty easy to do. Let me just glance through and flag things as payroll. So you're just breaking through the barrier of avoiding it. And you'll find that really helps and you'll feel really proud of yourself. Okay, next is digital. So trying to use digital as much as possible. People who struggle with being organized and focusing their attention do much better 
with digital items. For example, my husband, Dan, diagnosis or not, he doesn't have a diagnosis, but he absolutely has ADHD and all the symptoms, diagnosis or not. And I always joke with him that I'm going to put like Ritalin in his water because he could use it. But um, these things work for him as well. And he is very disorganized person when it comes to like stuff, right? Like, oh, he leaves his phone at home, he'll leave his wallet at home, he'll forget this or that. Like, honestly, it's bad and I feel bad for him. (laughs) But when it comes to digital things, he is amazing. Like so much more organized digitally than I ever could dream of being. And he shows me how to do Google Drive and organize files and folders. I was in his Google Drive for something, printing something for him. And I was like amazed, like everything is so organized on there. And he uses this a lot with his kids. He's a teacher and a lot of his kids struggle with various, you know, organization, paper, and he just uses digital things for everything. He doesn't have one piece of paper from his kids ever. And the kids love it. They do much better on the computer and with digital files and all of that than paper because there's not paper to lose. And if you need something in your Google Drive, you can just search for the word and it comes up or email or whatever. So that's a good option if you can make things digital or in your computer as much as possible and back it up, use iCloud, use the different things that just help you save things without clutter and more paper in your house and make you more organized, make you be able to find stuff. It's very helpful. Calendar scheduling. So for little tasks that seem silly, it's still helpful to put them on your calendar and block out that time to address them. Even something like cleaning up the kitchen or whatever, like put it on your calendar and give yourself, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes to do this little chore because I never get around to it or make myself do it. And then by the time I think of doing it, I'm too tired. I don't have the energy. So literally putting it on your calendar, I think could be really helpful at getting it done because I listened to Gretchen Rubin's podcast, Happier, and she always says, a task that can be done at any time is often done at no time. And I think that's a great quote and so true, right? Like, oh, I can clean my bathroom anytime, but then I never really get around to doing it unless I think, okay, on Tuesdays, I clean my bathroom or whatever. And so that's a very helpful strategy as well. Or like cleaning up my email or replying to emails. Maybe I do that every day between 10 to 9.30. I go through my emails and reply to everyone that needs a reply. I read through things that need my attention. I take care of little admin tasks on the computer. I need to carve that time out in order to do it. Because otherwise I'll be like, oh, I could do that later. And then three days go by and Gmail is like, hey, this person emailed you three days ago. Do you want to reply? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so hacking your brain chemicals. Let's talk about that. So the neurotransmitters in your brain, neurotransmitters are the chemicals in your brain, serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, endorphins, all of that is the neurotransmitters that make us feel good. They're feel-good chemicals, and they're the reason why we do anything. The reason why we do anything at all in our life is because we get a hit of these feel-good chemicals. And that reinforces us to do the tasks we do every single day. I wake up and I take a shower, I get dressed, I do my hair, my makeup. Why? Because it makes me feel good. That gives me serotonin. So everything we do is for the service of these neurotransmitters that are reinforcing what we do. 
So I talked about adrenaline, that if we wait to the last minute, we're relying on adrenaline. We don't want to do that. Dopamine is what we're getting when we accomplish tiny little tasks. So when you have a task, break it down to even smaller tasks. If I need to clean my kitchen, I'm going to break that down into tiny little tasks if I struggle with that. First, I'll start with just the sink. Collect all the dirty dishes from around wherever, cups from the kids' rooms, anything. Put it all in the sink. Now I'm going to empty the dishwasher and load it up. Then I'm going to wash the dishes that are left in the sink that I don't put in the dishwasher. Then I'm going to whatever, right? Move on to cleaning the stovetop and the toaster. And then I'm going to wipe all the counters down, right? Those are many little tasks. So if I think of them in tiny little tasks like that, I feel better. Oh, good. I did all the dishes. I put everything away. Okay. Now let me clean the oven. Okay. Clean the oven. That's done. Looks great. Now I'm going to wipe down the countertops. Oh, they look so nice. Now I'm going to sweep the floor because now it has a thousand crumbs on it from my countertops, right? So all these little tasks, you don't think of it that way. Like, oh, I'm going to go clean my kitchen. I know all the steps to clean it. So I just go through all that. But if I were to break it down into those little tasks, I would feel pretty good about myself. Like, oh, I did this. Great. Oh, I did this. Great. Oh, I did six tasks, right? But if you don't struggle with it, it's like, oh, one task, clean the kitchen. But if you do, you can get six little hits of, of dopamine because dopamine gives you a hit every time you accomplish a little task. You get a little win. If you have like a big report to write for work, you're going to break that down and say like each paragraph maybe of the report or make an outline, a bare bones outline of just a few words for each section. And you're going to get a hit of dopamine after you do that because you've opened it, you're looking at it, you're touching the task. The dopamine reinforces us continuing doing those things. Serotonin is the next neurotransmitter we'll talk about. Serotonin gets released when you feel special or important. So we like to be part of a group of people where we feel like we're working on something bigger than ourselves. That gives us a hit of serotonin. We want a pat on the back. We want to feel really good about ourselves. We want to feel like we're contributing to the larger purpose or meaning in the world or in our world or what we think is important and in line with our values. That's all serotonin. We can give ourselves a hit of serotonin too by patting ourselves on the back and using positive self-talk, talking to ourselves nicely, the atta girl, you got this, good job, look what you did. All of that gives ourselves serotonin. So you want to use that to your advantage when you're trying to accomplish tasks and focus and not procrastinate. Oxytocin is the connection with others. This is connection we get from other people. And endorphins is a boost we get from like exercise or it gives us those endorphins to like work through pain for running or working out really hard. We get a lot of endorphins to push through the pain and discomfort of working out because we're flooded with lots of really feel-good endorphins. It's hyping our body up. A lot of exercise, we get endorphins from that. We also get endorphins from humor. If people make a joke, if they're lighthearted with us, if they lighten us up, and that helps us push through work we don't want to do (laughs) or tasks we don't want to do. So these are all feel-good chemicals. Come back to my last tip I have for you for focusing on work. There's a website called focusmate.com. Focus, M-A-T-E, focusmate.com. So this is a really cool website. I haven't used it, but I think I'm going to. It pairs you up with another person so that you can do work on, and it doesn't have to be on your computer, but you log in on your computer and you do a video session with another person and you both 
say what you want to work on and accomplish during your session together. And then you quietly work together. I think you probably mute your microphone, but you're on video and they're on video and you just minimize them or go to another tab and you do the work that you say you're going to work on. So if you tell the other person, hey, I'm going to work on, I don't know, whatever, clearing up my emails during this 30 minutes block together. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to work on actually cleaning my room, cleaning my bedroom, right? People do that too. And by saying what you're going to work on to another person, you're getting outward accountability and that social pressure you're creating. And all those chemicals we just talked about come into play because before you have the focus session with the person, you pre-plan what you're going to do and work on. You pre-schedule it ahead of time, like a day ahead of time of what time slot and day, how long. And then you meet with that person, you say out loud what you're doing with them again. And then there's the pressure at the end of them saying, hey, how'd you do? Did you get it done? And you say, yeah, I did it. How did you do? And that's creating that pat on the back, that serotonin release. You're getting oxytocin from connecting with another person. You're getting dopamine by accomplishing these small goals you set for yourself and endorphins for having lighthearted conversation with this person, a human connection with someone else, and you're creating a little more meaning to your work by having some human interaction. Super helpful for people who work from home, hello. And even if you don't work from home, you just need that focused attention to get something done you've been meaning to get done, or you need some computer time, some quiet time, or to work on your house, to work on decluttering a room, to work on organizing your basement or getting rid of stuff or going through baby clothes that you've been meaning to go through and clear out, right? Whatever it is for you, this can be really helpful. And I want to try it for myself because I've recommended this before and I think it's so cool. That's why I always want to talk about it. (laughs) But they point out that it connects to all those chemicals as well. And this is really a way to hack the brain, hack the brain chemicals to support you in not procrastinating and accomplishing tasks. But you can take this idea and kind of apply it to anything. Get an accountability buddy. When you go walking with someone else, a friend, you're creating that outward accountability to someone else. You're infusing, socializing, lightheartedness. So again, you're hitting all of those chemicals across the board, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, dopamine, you're getting it all in there by creating like a multi-systemic way of tackling the problem or multifaceted way of tackling the problem. I think you get the idea. That's your action item of the week is to just take one of the tips or strategies and use it just one because I don't want to overwhelm you like you're going to be like so overwhelmed that you're going to procrastinate implementing anything I said. So you can get a timer and use the 20 minute time block. You can use the timer on your phone or you can get one of the cool colored ones probably on Amazon. You can schedule things in your calendar, little blocks of time to accomplish little things you want to get done. You can break a big task down into like six tiny little tasks and give yourself that self-talk, add a girl, pat on the back. You can get an accountability buddy. You can use the method of touching the task. You can use this (laughs) focusmate.com. And let me see, is that all my suggestions I had? I think that was all of them. Oh, you can get digitally organized. You could try that out. Okay, so you get the idea. 
that's my action item of the week. I hope it's helpful. I'm going to really think of which ones of these I want to implement because it's really helpful for working at home and organizing myself and holding myself accountable to tasks and things I want to get done, especially those things that can be done at any time. It's very easy for me to be like, oh, I can get that done next week. I'll work on that again. I'll get back to that. When really, if I were to work on that every day, I would get much further, obviously, and feel more organized and moving forward in a planned, organized way. So let me know if you try any of these and if they work for you. You can email me at lindsay at unlockyourtherapy.com. You can find me on Instagram at unlockyourtherapy. Send me a DM. Let me know if any of these worked for you, if you liked them, which ones you recommend, if you have any that I didn't list that you find helpful. And if you have ideas for future topics on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. I hope you all have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Bye.